Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, my name is Bryce Watts. I'm Allison Anger. This is a podcast where we speak exclusively to the women in the NFL to learn about how they navigate this life in the league. The players are always the ones in the spotlight, but we want to highlight the amazing women who are their support systems behind the scenes. Get out the way, men. Welcome back to the NF Ladies Podcast. This is episode six. We have special guest Jenny Winters with us today. Hi, Jenny. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to do this. We're excited to chat with you. Um, To get started, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, who is your significant other, and how long you guys have been in the league. Okay, so I am Jenny Winters. Um, My husband is Brian Winters. This year is his eighth year in the NFL. He started, he was drafted by the Jets, um, and he was with the Jets for seven seasons. And then at the beginning of, mm, I don't know, the season's been so weird. So whenever everything started, (laughs) we were in Jersey, and he was working out with the Jets, doing his normal thing. He still had another year on his contract. But as we know, that means nothing in the NFL. So he got a phone call that lasted two seconds, and they said, you're not on the team anymore. So we packed everything up, and frantically, I packed our house up, and now we're in Buffalo with the Buffalo Bills, and I love it here so much. Yeah, I see your your Instagram post I was just looking at, and you're like, everybody, all the kids were wearing Bills stuff. Like, I love it here. Everybody's so into it. Oh, my gosh. The Bills fans are like nothing else. I mean, don't get me wrong. We loved New York. That was our home. New Jersey was our home for so long. You know, we had a house there where our son was born. It was great, but Bills fans are – I grew up in – Cleveland. I grew up a Cleveland Browns fan, and I thought that they were the craziest fans in the world, but nothing compares to Bills Mafia. They are insane. Every kid is head-to-toe Bills gear every Sunday. Every kid knows their favorite player. It is just, it's like the greatest football town in the world. So how how is uh, it, like, how is the community within the team? Like, are they like a Broncos where they think they're like a small town team and they're just by themselves, but everybody loves them and they're like close? So, yes, everyone, the community here, it's sort of hard to say right now because, you know, with COVID, like we can't do anything. We can't see anyone. Um But yeah, the women are amazing here from the ones that I've met. You know, we've had to like socially distance at the park for our gatherings, Um, but they've been so great. Brian just like loves the football culture here. It is, you know, Bryce, you were in New York uh, for for a little bit with me and you saw it's very like Hollywood there um i think because it's so close to new york city and that's just how it is here it's like football and hockey are what they live for here so the guys get to just put their head down and go to work and play football and everyone like celebrates it here so yeah it's just it's a really great organization really great women really great fans so yeah we're happy to be here that's awesome i mean it's still in new york it's funny that when you think about it technically new york has three teams 
Isn't that wild? I always think about that. I'm like, three teams, but they seem just so, so different. Like, they're on different sides of the planet, really. When you guys packed up from New Jersey, did you go, like, did you know right away you were going to the Bills? Like, where did you guys go, and how was that move for you? So, yeah, we, um, like I said, Brian got the call that he was no longer on the Jets, and... I want to say four hours later, he knew that he was going to the Bills. So he packed a bag with one thing, and he was actually supposed to leave an hour later to drive to Buffalo, which is about six hours from where we lived in Jersey. But a crazy storm came through that night. So he got to sleep with me that night and get up and leave at like 4 a.m. the next morning. So then it was just on me to pack up the whole house with a toddler and we owned our house in Jersey. Um, so I had to, you know, get it ready to sell, get it on the market. And then I joined Brian in Buffalo. I want to say 10 days later. So it was a whirlwind. It was pretty crazy for Brian because he didn't even get to say goodbye to the house or anything. You know, he, he packed a bag with three outfits in it and had to go, but yeah, it was just like, craziness. I mean, you guys know how the NFL works. It's just, that's the thing people don't think about is everything is so crazy and you got to go when you got to go. It's just a, a wild life we live. What did you guys do in, in terms of getting a house? So you said you owned your house. So did you wait a couple years and say, okay, this seems like more of a stable for sure thing. Let's get a house instead of living in a hotel. Like when did you guys make that transition from hotel to house? Yeah. So that's a hard thing with the NFL too, because nothing's ever guaranteed. You know, even when you have a contract, it's not guaranteed as we saw with Brian's third year on his. Um, But the first couple years in the league, Brian was on his rookie deal still. He, I met him actually his second year in the league, but he was on his rookie deal still. So he just rented a house. And then after that, he signed his four-year contract with the Jets Two of the years were guaranteed, two were not, but he felt at that point he was going to be with the Jets for, if he had played out his contract, eight seasons. And, you know, Bryce, Jersey is so ridiculously expensive. You are paying insane amounts of money. So we just thought, you know, we know we're going to be here for a couple of years at least. So instead of throwing money away, renting a house, let's just buy one. That way we can sell it when we're done and get our money back. So that's just sort of what we did. And then that home became really our, our home. We have a home in Ohio around our family and friends, but, you know, I gave birth to Nash in Jersey. We were there for, you know, the major holidays. So that just really became our home. So it was pretty bittersweet to leave it. So you do have a home base back in Ohio. When did you guys buy that house? Yes, we do. We are very lucky that we have a home there too. It's so nice to have a home base. We bought that house actually right before we got engaged. We got that house and then Brian proposed to me the day we closed. He proposed to me on the lawn of our first home together. Um, So really cute. And I'm going to be sad when we eventually sell that one too. But we have a home base there. It's about 30 minutes from our friends and family. We're a little out in the country there. But yeah, it's just nice to to have somewhere to go and to have somewhere to keep all your things because, you know, you just, you only bring half your stuff everywhere you go. So 
if you even bring half. Seriously, this time around, I was like, it's COVID. We're not going to do anything. I packed like three pairs of sweatpants and some hoodies. I'm like, (laughs) I'll just live in this for the next six months. Yeah, I should have brought my baking stuff here because I'm like, I'm going to be here for the holidays. I just bought a loaf pan. I was like, oh, should I buy it? And it was $4. So I was like, you're going to buy this. You're going to buy it. Might as well. Like, what's the point? It was on the sale rack. (laughs) Especially with all the COVID banana bread, you needed a loaf pan for sure. See, I haven't done any like that kind of COVID baking. We just started trying to eat super healthy and clean again. So I'm making like the healthy alternative desserts. I mean, it's fun, but you know, it's definitely not like a cake. It's so annoying when they get on there. Oh, I'm an athlete. I have to eat really clean now. And you, you have to start eating really clean too. (laughs) It's like, he's like, you could have ice cream. Like, I don't want you to watch me eat ice cream. I want to eat ice cream with you. And then you feel bad. You're like, I need someone else to eat these calories with me. So I don't feel so horrible. Exactly. Yeah. You, you need somebody to eat the junk food with. Yeah. When you want to cook healthy, the problem with the, you look at the recipes and you're like, well, I don't have half these things, these healthy ingredients. And I'm probably not going to continue to bake these weird things over and over again. So I'm just not going to go buy them. Right. You use use a little bit and then the rest of it just goes to waste on your shelf. Yeah. I feel it. I feel it. Yeah, I'm trying to be really good about that. Um, so you said that Brian proposed to you on the lawn of your first house. So did were you expecting that? Like what what happened? Were there fireworks? So I knew. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I didn't know it was happening that exact moment, but I knew because I when we had looked at rings together. Mm. I just, I knew it was coming. Um, and he invited my best friend there to like take photos of it happening. And <laughs> I'm so bad when he did it. I didn't even look at him. I looked at my best friend because I was like, is this really <laughs> happening? <laughs> but it was so sweet. It was, you know, just real. And then he, he threw a surprise engagement party for me directly after with all of our friends and family. It was really sweet but it was just very true to him he's like a simple guy he just you know likes to be out of the spotlight and that's exactly what it was so it was really sweet and we actually both have um tattoos of the coordinates of that house so even when we sell it we'll always have it with us so i saw that you you said who has two thumbs and regrets getting a tattoo so what about that tattoo what about the coordinates do you regret that tattoo So, no, I love the coordinates tattoo, and I have six tattoos, I think, and I love all of them except for one, and it is so ugly and horrible, and it is probably, like, one of of two of the most meaningful tattoos on my body, so I hate that I hate it, but it is so disgusting and ugly, and it is in the most... Like, it's the place you can't cover up. And I just say to everyone, listen to your mother when she tells you not to get tattoos because she knows best. Okay. Well, I got one and my parents hate it, but it's on my ribs. So you can't see it. It's my choice. See, see, that's the perfect spot. Exactly. That is the perfect spot. I love a nice rib tattoo. (laughs) I love a nice rib tattoo. You can hide it. It's super painful, but it's over. Super painful. (laughs) Worth it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, worth it. So you said that you guys had met his second year that he was with the Jets. So how did you guys meet? So if you ask the New York media that has asked us over the years, they will say in a bar because for a while we were too embarrassed to tell anyone. But we met on Tinder. Okay. Uh, we are a Tinder success story. We went to, we both went to Kent State in Ohio, which is, it's a 
big-ish school, but it's not huge. And he went to high school with a ton of my very best friends from college, but we never, our paths never crossed in school. We were only two years apart, so we were there at the same time. Um, but we just never crossed paths. And then after college, I moved to New York City for a job. And I was just scrolling through New York City Tinder, as one does when they move to New York City. Yeah. And I saw his page. It, it didn't say anything about football, nothing. It just said that he went to Kent State. And in my head, you know, I'm thinking, I'm in New York City. How am I coming across this guy that went to Kent State? That's so wild. He's from Hudson, Ohio, this town that I know so much about because all my friends are from there. So I liked him on Tinder and he didn't match me back. <laughs> so I literally am such a psycho. I found him on Instagram and messaged him and said, would you like to tell me why you didn't match me back? <laughs> and I don't even remember what he said. Um, but now we're married with a kid. So you know what? Go after what you want, ladies. <laughs> don't be afraid to be that crazy person. Quote exactly. crazy. DMs. Be the crazy person. <laughs> Somebody has to take charge in the relationship. And I found out that most of the women I'm around, it's the woman who does it. So a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Everyone thinks it's like always the men. No. I found Brian on Instagram and I was like, all right, you said you wanted to meet me. So take me on a date. <laughs> See? Love Let's it. Go. And now you're married. <laughs> I like how everybody in this group took charge of the, of the relationship. Yeah, we are strong, independent ladies. Oh, my gosh. Preach it, Jenny. Yes. <laughs> okay, so you have the cutest son. We were talking about this before we recorded. Who drives you crazy of course he's a little boy he likes to cause some some mayhem so i see him like copying you like doing squats around the house and like throwing blocks after you clean them up how how has motherhood been for you the first year and a couple months i don't know how how many months yes so he is 16 months which is a year and four months in crazy mom terms um <laughs> he is the greatest i am so thankful for him um, he is just the sweetest little boy. He's full of energy. He loves his mom, which is just the greatest thing in the world. But yeah, he's nuts. <laughs> I was telling you, Bryce, before we started recording that there is something in the NFL DNA, I swear, that makes these babies insane. <laughs> Every mother that I talk to in the NFL is just like, yes, these kids are nuts. It's in their DNA. They can't help it. Their energy is insane. And Matt is how Nash is. He is a little lunatic, but I wouldn't have it any other way. He never stops. He does sleep, though, which is just incredible for me because if he didn't sleep, I would lose my mind for real. But yeah, he's great. Motherhood has been definitely a challenge. I um, lost my mom when I was 19, so becoming a mother without my own mom there is you know, it's challenging because you don't have someone that you can ask all your questions to. Um, my mother-in-law is great, but it's not your mom at the end of the day. So that part's rough. And my dad's incredible. But again, he's my dad, not a mom. So that part's been a little hard to navigate. But yeah, it's been great. It's I have really found my true purpose in life being his mother. But motherhood has its challenges for sure. Yeah, I, I've seen. So actually... I started realizing that like when, when you got pregnant, you said, you know, 
I, I feel like I've been stalking you like this whole time. Like I'm just like relaying things that you posted from so long ago. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I'm on Instagram all the time. So <laughs> I know I see all of your stories. I'm like, oh, she's watching The Bachelor. I need to watch Bachelor and get some wine too. What am I doing? Get back on it, Bryce. So I know that you had said you people would ask you like, what are you trying? Like, are you trying to get pregnant? And you're like, nobody knows that behind closed doors, you know, that women do face a lot of issues with miscarriages. And I didn't realize that until I saw you say that on your account, even like repeatedly saying it over like how Nash was, did you said like a rainbow baby? I don't know if that's your term or not, but just that it is more common than people think, but obviously nobody wants to talk about it because it's a horrible thing. Yeah. So I was, you know, I was one of the people that my friends would get married or people I know would get married. And I would say, Oh my gosh, are you so excited? When are you going to have a baby? And and then after I experienced all pregnancy loss myself, I realized that, and, I, and I'm not like someone who's like super sensitive to things like that. You know, I normally I would just be like, but that is something I've realized people need to, people need to be careful when they ask, because not only is it miscarriages, it's a lot of women, more women than you think really struggle with fertility issues. They can't get pregnant. And you know, if, if my best friend asks me, I'm going to tell her, you know, I can't get pregnant or I had a miscarriage. But if a, if, you know, your second cousin twice removed asked you, why aren't you having a baby? You're not going to want to get into the emotional details of everything with her. So yeah, it's just something I have become really passionate about is just advocating for moms or, you know, women who want to be moms who can't get there yet or have lost lost a baby or a pregnancy. It's just something I feel really passionately about because I was so affected by so many people asking me, um, you know, when we were going to get pregnant and I had a really terrible miscarriage. It was really traumatic for me. It was something that, you know, I was dealing with actively dealing with for about a year and a half. So for us, Nash is a blessing. He is our rainbow baby. But yeah, it's just something I'm sort of like, you know, just be careful before you ask women when they're going to get pregnant. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's little things that I would have never thought, like, why, why would that be a touchy subject? But you never know. And just the more you learn about other people and their own experience and actually sit down and listen and understand, like the more you become a better person, more not sympathetic, but empathetic. No, exactly. And that is why I wanted to share what happened to me on social media, because like you just said, you know, you don't think about it when, and, and I didn't think about it either. You know, you learn in high school, like don't have sex because you'll get pregnant immediately. And <laughs> that's not the case. We, Brian and I actually, to give a little background, we did get pregnant immediately. We got married in July and then started trying in August of that same year. And I got pregnant immediately and we were so excited and we couldn't believe it. And there had been some red flags in the beginning, but ultimately there was a heartbeat and my doctor told me everything would probably be great and we could start telling everyone. So we did that. Um, and then I went back alone as we do most things as NFL wives alone, because our men can never get off for anything. <laughs> um, I went to just a routine checkup at 10, weeks pregnant and there was no heartbeat and I had to rush to the high risk office and they had to do a bunch of different ultrasounds. And I found out I had miscarried, which was traumatizing on its own being there by myself and learning that I had miscarried. 
But then when I went back two weeks later, um, I had found out that not only had I miscarried, but I had what was called a partial molar pregnancy, which is sort of, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, the baby forms inside of you and, and there's a heartbeat and the baby's all good. But then next to it, in my case, formed a sack of like irregular cells that took over the baby and eventually ended that pregnancy. But then they check your pregnancy hormone to make sure that it's going down, going down. And if it doesn't go down on its own, um, it can cause cancer and the cancer can spread to other parts of your body, like your lungs and your brain. And having lost my own mother to cancer, when I heard that word cancer, it was very traumatic for me. And most women are totally fine after a partial molar it goes away on its own. But for me, it didn't. My number was going up. My pregnancy hormone was going up. They couldn't figure it out. I had to have a couple procedures on my uterus um, and that didn't fix it. And then eventually I had to get a low dose of chemotherapy, uh, four doses of it to get my number down. And then we had to wait a while to get pregnant again. And that took six months. So it was just a roller coaster for me. So long story short, <laughs> when you ask someone, are you trying to get pregnant? Why aren't you pregnant yet? There might be a crazy backstory like that, that just someone in the grocery store doesn't want to tell you. So just, you know, think about it before you ask. Since, since I shared my story, I had so many women on social media reach out and just, like I said, it's not even the miscarriage of it all. It's just some women can't get pregnant. Some women have spent tens of thousands of dollars on fertility treatments and it's still not working. And it's just so sad. And like I said earlier, it's crazy because we are so conditioned to think that you have sex one time and you're pregnant and, you know, it's all over from there. But that is just not the case most of the time. You know, one in four women miscarry. So it's just, it's crazy. It is, you know, it's unfortunate that it happened to me, but I am so thankful that I have Nash and he's my rainbow baby. And it really does. When people said this to me, I wanted to scream, but it really does make Nash like that much more special to me because I had to work so hard to get him and I had to pray every single night for him. And I am just so thankful to be his mom and it has given me such a purpose. And having that happen to me has given me such a purpose in the sense that, you know, I want to advocate for other moms who have miscarried or, or, you know, women who can't get pregnant and, you know, just, yeah, it's given me something to, something to focus on. I think that's interesting that you say it gives, I mean, I feel like I've heard that a lot, like it gives me purpose, but I've really seen on your profile, it's Le like raising awareness for miscarriages, how hard it is having a C-section, actually having pregnancy scars, like being comfortable with yourself as a mom, because you're not just you, Jenny, by yourself anymore. You're Jenny with Nash as well. And he was inside of you. And that has changed your body forever. And just learning to love your body again, like even after, like after you're growing up with him, be like, okay, I'm cool with this. I know my body's like this. And then it completely changes. Now, I, I don't know, but is that like, you relearn yourself all over again? Yeah, there is um, this this thing that I read on social media that says, says something to the effect of when you give birth to a new baby, you're not only giving birth to that 
baby, but you're giving birth to a new version of yourself, which is a little corny, but it's true because I was a totally different person before I had my son physically and emotionally. Um, I am emotionally such a baby now. I cry at everything. I am probably going to start crying talking about this right now, which is so not something that I did before. I cry at every commercial I see with a child. Like I can't watch TV shows that have anything to do with like missing kids. And I love crime stuff. I can't watch it. I'm just different emotionally, but yeah, physically, um, physically I have really changed, you know, you, you expect that your hips are going to be a little bit bigger and, you know, you're going to have a little bit of that mom pooch quote unquote going on, (laughs) but you think like, oh, I'll just go to the gym and get it away. And, you know, but it, it doesn't really go away. My butt is permanently bigger, which my husband honestly doesn't mind. (laughs) And, and I do have some stretch marks that I didn't think I would have because I, I didn't get them on my, I didn't get them on my stomach, which is a common thing when you're pregnant. So I thought I had escaped that, but then you breastfeed and your boobs are changing sizes. So I have stretch marks from that and I have stretch marks on my hips. And then Bryce, like you said, my C-section scar, which I did not have a choice. My son was breech. He has been stubborn from the jump because he would not flip around. I did everything I possibly could to get him to turn around and he wouldn't. So I had to have a C-section and which is a wild experience all in itself. But so yeah, now I have a scar from that and I have some scar tissue and it's a little bumpy. So it's just your body changes, your mind changes, motherhood changes everything in the best way. But yeah, you really have to retrain your brain to appreciate your body for all it did instead of degrading it for bringing life into this world. It, as women, we are the most powerful people on this planet. We, we can, if we want to bring new life into this planet. And it is just so crazy that women hate on their postpartum bodies because I mean, I did for a second, but once I learned to accept it, they're just so amazing. No matter what they look like, stretch marks, scars, bigger boobs, bigger butt, whatever, your body worked so hard and it brought a life into this world and you just got to celebrate it because it's amazing. As a mom and a woman in the NFL, you're away from your family and close friends, your support system that you would normally have going through all these challenges. But how do you um, find a support system within your team or within the people that you have where you're living during season? So that's definitely hard. Um, I have a lot of meltdowns on the phone to my dad, like three times a week, I call him crying because it is just a lot. And, you know, people don't, people think like, oh, you're in the NFL, your husband's in the NFL. You don't have to work. It must be so hard sarcastically for you to be a stay at home mom, but it is mentally and physically draining. And you guys know that you know, when your men come home from work, they're so tired and, you know, they don't always want to talk. They just want to lay on the couch. And, you know, you can't always voice your stresses because your stressors, because they are stressed out from work. So long story short, it's hard to find a support system. Um, 
you know, when you're away from friends and family, but I have found, especially with the Bills, wives that there are so many kids on this team. Most of the wives are mothers, so they all get it. They all understand how difficult it is. Um, So yeah, we have a lot of park play dates, which gets us out of the house. And just to have an adult human to talk to some days is so nice. So even if I have my son with me, it's nice to just be able to talk to an adult. And luckily, my husband's cousin is from Buffalo, and she is a nanny. That's what she does for a living. So she does nanny for another family full time, but she helps me out when she can, you know, just so I can get to the gym, you know, once a week. And that has been a life saving thing. So yeah, it's just, I would say just, you know, find the other moms on your team and bond over motherhood with them. And just, they understand it. They know you got to get out of the house sometimes and just hang out with them and their kids. And yeah, that's, that's been really good for us here. Or just watch the bachelorette and have some wine and have the kids. Or, play yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or sleep you. train your kid so that he goes to bed at six 30 every night and then just drink a bottle of wine and watch the bachelorette. Because why? Either one. (laughs) (laughs) And I like that you said letting, you you can't, you feel kind of barred from letting your own stresses out on them because I found it's like, there's never a right time. Either they're away from home and you shouldn't bring it up then because there's a game or they're tired from practice. So you shouldn't bring it up then. It's like, when are we supposed to have these conversations? Because I'm going to sit here like holding some type of anger, make anxiety myself. And that's not going to make me a good partner. And you're not going to be happy to come home to me either. So it needs to like kind of, you need to have that time or just say, you know what, I need to say this or like, we need to have this conversation or else it's going to blow up and and neither of us are going to be happy about it. So a hundred percent. That has been when Brian and I first got together, that was something that really I needed to figure out because, you know, I would, I might get mad at him for something right before he leaves for a game. And then I just want to rage text him when he's at the hotel, but you can't do it because he's got to get up early the next day. His mind's got to get right. And my husband in particular will not speak to me other than like one text in the morning of game day because his head's got, he's got to get his head right. So yeah, it's hard to sort of navigate that because there is never a right time to to talk to them. They're, you know, contract or not, their job is always up in the air. I can't imagine walking into work every day and not knowing if they were going to be like, oh, nope, didn't make the cut today. See you later. So yeah, never a right time, but wine and the bachelorette definitely helps. So it's Tuesday. So, th- so that's why we're talking about the bachelorette people. It's, it's very in the front of my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's on. It's on tonight. It's on. I'm ready for it, Tasha. Come on, Tasha. <laughs> I know. I'm so obsessed with Tasha. I love her. Okay. I'm happy that she, she was the one that they picked. Honestly, you're, you're nodding too. too often. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's a great replacement. Just tracking back a little bit to talking about your pregnancy scar, getting a C-section. I wanted to lead over to you are a contender for swimsuit search 2021. Everybody yes. look out for Jenny Winters. And look out for Bryce Watts too. I mean, I saw, I was like, you know, shoot your shot. I'm at home anyway. Like, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) So it's funny you say that because I have been wanting to do it for, do you, were you on the Jets when Saren was there? Yeah. Saren Anderson. Okay. So her sister, I don't know if you know this, her sister 
did swim search um, and actually made it to the final 16 and has like done a lot with it since then. And that was a two or three years ago. So I saw that a couple of years ago and I had always ever since then wanted to do it, but I just felt like I didn't know what, like what I would do or what I would say type of thing. You know, I was like, yeah, okay. But I want to do it, but I don't know what I'm going to say or what my approach is going to be. So after I had Nash and I went from hating my postpartum body to learning to like it and celebrate it and feel good about it, I was like, you know what, this is, this is what I'm going to do. This is going to be my platform. And I truly am so passionate about it, about motherhood and, and celebrating mom bods. And I just thought that it would be, you know, a great time to enter. Um, but sort of like you, Bryce, yeah, I was just like, you know what, I'm at home and <laughs> I got my tripod, so let's just have a go at this. The tripod and the ring light, those things are save, like a saving grace. Listen, what I did before I owned a ring light, I'm not sure, but everyone, like 45 bucks on Amazon, get yourself one because they make a world of difference. I know it's well. You don't want to be that person like who has it around their phone, but they have little clip-ons too. Yeah, I was no shame. Yeah. No shame. What those things do for your skin and your overall appearance is incredible. So no shame here. I'm all about the ring light. But yeah, <laughs> I I am just crossing my fingers. This swim search has been a little crazy because normally they like fly, you know, a certain number of contestants out to Miami and pick from there. But much like everything else in this world with COVID, it is just all up in the air. So yeah, I'm just crossing my fingers and I'll keep posting ring light photos and we'll see where it gets us. Exactly. Just put, keep putting the hashtags. Well, I, what I thought was really nice was like that to me seems for you like secondary. Like it gave you a reason to finally show everything that you've been wanting to show is what it kind of seems like. So that like, you're like, okay, yeah, I guess I'll do this. But what you really have wanted to do, what it seems like to me is talk about mom bods, talk about C-sections, talk about things that moms don't want to talk about. And it's kind of without like being a, a finalist or anything, it's given you that opportunity. It seems like. Yes. A hundred percent. When I got pregnant, I was so just infatuated with like, this sounds weird, but like the woman's body, a woman's body and like how incredible it is and all the things that it does and how hard it works and, and just like how a baby is created is so incredible to me. And when I got pregnant, I was like, women are really just incredible human beings. And I, I would tell anyone who would listen to me, like, do you know how this works? Do you know how my uterus is growing? Do you know that the baby's in there swimming around in water, but is going to come out breathing? <laughs> like just crazy things. And so when, when swim search happened, I was like, you know what, this is my outlet to talk about it. This is my way to bring some awareness to all the things, pregnancy, miscarriage, mom bodies. Um, and a couple years ago in swim search, Mara Martin, she was also a top 16 finalist. And she actually walked the SI swim search runway breastfeeding her daughter. Um, it was like a really big moment for women's empowerment and just moms, you know, in the modeling world. And it was so incredible to me. So I was like, you know what, 
if I'm going to get this out there and if I'm going to spread, you know, my feelings about this, then Sports Illustrated is a great way to do that because they are so big into just motherhood and, and mom bods and everything like that. And, and not even motherhood, but just celebrating women of all different shapes and sizes and that was really, really cool to me. So yeah, I just thought, you know, I'll give it a go. We'll see. If nothing else, it'll help me say what I want to say. Exactly. There's your platform. Um, other than potentially being a Sports Illustrated model, oh. uh, what other goals do you have or do you and Brian have for your family outside of the NFL right now? So that's hard, but it really is something we all need to think about, right? Because I say to Brian all the time, you know, the NFL is such a big part of our lives, but at the end of the day, you're always one play away from never playing again. And that's a harsh reality, but it's true. So we've always tried to think about our life outside of football. And he is a really big hunter. He bow hunts deer. He... (laughs) He hunts turkey. He's a big fisherman. Um, So for him, he has started a hunting show called Red Zone Outdoors. Um, And he just basically hunts on camera and has all these guests hunt with him and edits it. And it's his show. And he has created like a brand around it. So that will be his thing, I think. For me, you know, I'm not really sure. I'm trying to figure that out. I feel like it's hard to be not hard. You know, I don't want to keep saying this is hard because we are so lucky to be in this situation, but it's hard to be married to someone who's a professional athlete and has all this talent. And then you're like, well, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? You know, you, for so long when they're in the NFL, you're, everything is on hold because you follow them around and you can't really stay in one place for too long. So I'm not really sure. Um, We know we want more kids, definitely. It used to be five. Then I had one. And now I think we're going to settle with two or three because I can't do five. (laughs) (laughs) So after that, you know, we are from Ohio, but we want to retire in Tennessee, um, somewhere right outside of Nashville. So that's probably our our five or ten year goal is for Brian to retire, God willing, when he wants to. And have a couple more babies, move to Tennessee, and then, you know, I'll figure it out there. I love fitness. I love food. As we all know by now, I love wine. So maybe it'll be something with something like that, but we'll see. You know, I'm just taking it day by day at this point. This might be a dumb question, but does he get to hunt uh, like on on his off day during bearing season? Because Buffalo is a great place for that. And the hunting situation is probably the only reason my Brian would ever go play in Buffalo. So when you say, does he get to hunt? Do you mean, do I allow him to use his off day to go hunt? Because the answer is no. But would he he be able to, like, would he have the time or like, is it too like physically strenuous during the season? No, I'm just kidding. Also he, um, he does not this season because, he just hasn't. I'm not sure why, honestly. Um, but in the past, the Jets owner actually owned a bunch of acres of land out in like the country of Jersey. So he would go there and hunt um, on his off day and sometimes, you know, late at night or really early before work. 
So he hasn't this year yet, but I think he plans to. Uh, but yeah, it's not, he actually, I don't know if he's going to be mad at me for saying this, but he, the year before we were together, he had to have surgery on his ACL, I believe. So he was in a full leg brace and couldn't even bend his knee, but he climbed himself up into a tree and bow hunted from the tree and actually got a deer and then brought himself down from the tree and dragged the deer home all with the thing on his leg. So, you know, if there's a will, there's a way and there's definitely a will for him. So he'll figure it out. Was there a video of him like when he was walking? No, you know oh, what? before you said. Sadly, that was before the hunting show started. But I think that that might have gotten him some serious views. So he should like, you know, reenact it or something for the show. Yeah, just a little in the corner like this is a, a reenactment. <laughs> yeah, like they do on like Dateline. This is a reenactment. Also, what he should do, just in case he ever does get injured again, get a tree stand and put like a slide on it. So you only have to worry about up and then you can just slide down, get your deer. A slide. A slide would be perfect, actually, just for like retirement in general, because, you know, his body is going to be. Yeah. All, uh, all achy when he retires. So he could just slide right down it. That'll be perfect. Yeah. Cause Brian, does Brian hunt Allison? Um, he would like to, but where we are in Florida, it's not easily accessible. We did just buy some hunting property, uh, during oh. season. So one of our projects that we have which I would say like in this off season, but it is going to be, it's going to take a lot longer than one off season, but we're going to have to build like an access road. We're going to have to build like a hunting cabin to really stay out there. And oh, also so it's really just land. You have to put a driveway in and everything. Yeah. So it has an old access road, but it's been like not used for a really long time. So um, it needs work. And it what has, do you hunt? Um, I'm sorry. You would hunt deer there. In Florida? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I would just picture like big iguanas and stuff. No, no. In North Florida, there's a lot of, there's a lot of just empty land and it's on the water too. Like it's close to the bay. So there's like streams that go through that you can do fishing in. So it's really like the best of both worlds. Oh yeah. That's cool. Our Brian's would get along then for sure. Yeah. He should come down and. Oh, don't even, because he will be like, all right. (laughs) He, he literally will message you on Instagram, like, all right, so were you serious? Like, what, where do you live? Yeah, no, like, we have already said, like, we should get a TV show where we can film the making of this cabin that we're going to build. Come on, Red Zone Outdoors. Brian, I'll hook you right up. Yeah, you guys need to make this happen. Like, this is... Seriously. This is all related, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how long this is going to take us. Like, he was. He said, this is an investment for our children and our grandchildren. So they'll have a place to come. We That's can do an, an NF ladies and Red Zone Outdoors crossover. Episode. Yes. Where we just beat them in hunting and stuff. Yeah. Just um, kidding. I could never hunt. I have to kill a fly when it's in my house. And I'm like saying a prayer over the fly's dead body. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. Two things I don't like doing, waking up early and sitting in the cold. I'm done. (laughs) Agreed. 100%. Nope. Yeah, I've I've been fishing over here, but I haven't caught a single thing. And it's like, it's fun. Obviously, when you catch something, I'm like, I don't want to go anymore. I'm bored. (laughs) I'm not catching anything. We don't eat it. We just put it back. Like, I think 
fishing is only fun if you're on a boat. Okay, agree with that. It's more hunting, like you're hunting for the fish. Oh, they're not here. Let's zoom over here. Do something else. 100%. When you're on a boat, you're in a bathing suit, drinking a beer, like yeah. sign and me up for that. When you're ready to give up, you just lay out and then they can continue to fish. 100%. I'll do that any day. You guys, it just sounds like a catamaran. That's not fishing any longer. It's a catamaran with fishing poles. <laughs> yeah, that's like a, <laughs> just a vacation. But then when they, when they finally give up and they're like, okay, like there's no fish here. And then they decide to go to the new location. Then you enjoy a boat ride and you can try again at the new location. I'm with you. I'm, I'm with try you. It again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to lay out. You do it. So, Jenny, you said you guys want to go to Tennessee. You want to get close to Nashville. And from what I've heard, you are a great singer. Jesse said, ask you to sing. So that's obviously why you're moving to Nashville. No, Jesse is such <laughs> a jerk because <laughs> I don't sing. Actually, my poor parents. They did put me in voice <laughs> lessons because I was convinced that I could be the next Britney Spears and I threw a fit until they put me in voice lessons. <laughs> but because they didn't have the heart to tell me I just don't have a good voice. And I cannot sing, but I sing instead of saying things, I sing them all the time. Um, so no, she's such a brat for that. And she told me, she was like, I told them you can sing. And then I listened and she most definitely did tell you that I can sing and I can't. So I will not be singing <laughs> and I'm just going to Nashville because I like it. You will not see me like in the bluebird cafe singing because I cannot. I'll walk by and be like, Oh my, Oh my gosh, that's Jenny. You're like, eh, you're like I'm like singing bando. into an auto-tuned remote that, or <laughs> microphone. That's it. That's the only way I'll do it. <laughs> so give us an example. Like, Say Brian goes, what's for dinner? And you're like, beef and broccoli. Like what? I, I would say like, um, grilled chicken and broccoli. That's what I do. <laughs> I love it. We got like, it. I literally sing everything. And Nash, he loves music and is always dancing. I mean, from the time he was six months old, which is way too early to be dancing to the beat of music, he would do it. And it's because Brian's dad is like, it's because you literally sing everything. And, but it's so like out of tune and like tone deaf, but you know, whatever works, I'm just singing my way through life, I guess. What, what would be your go-to karaoke song? Oh, it's easily um, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air theme song. Good choice, because most which is weird not. because I don't get to like exercise my vocal cords in that song. You know, I don't get to hit the range that I would like to hit. It's more of a rap, but you know, it's just I know all the words and I feel like cool when I sing it. Like, yeah, I know the words of the song. I'm hip. Well, you got like dance to it too. I feel like you can't just like sitting here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. With it. Oh, or you know another one? Um, Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy by Big and Rich. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Most people could sing along that too, depending on where you are when you're doing the karaoke. Most most people could sing along. Yeah. Oh, I'd sing. You like that's your bedtime song. If you guys could see recording, it is air quotes because we are family friendly. Uh, <laughs> that's what boss said i'm gonna keep calling you boss allison i love it okay 
So Jenny, we talked about your plans for afterwards. You you don't really know what you're you're doing right now, but I feel like from seeing your stuff for SI swimsuit and on your accounts, like you're you're creating that right now. What like I can feel it. I feel it for you. You're going to be like the mommy in Nashville who's like, let's just go sing and have a good time. Kids are at home. Like mom bods rule. So what what would be your overall experience you say from being in the NFL for this you you've been in for seven years right because you said your second year you were your second year with him so what how, how has it been for you overall I would say overall it's been really great um it's been a really big learning experience for me it it's very I, I feel like I keep saying this, but it's true. The NFL is just not really what you expect it to be. I know before I met my husband, um, I was one of those people who, you know, would watch, not watch football on Sunday, because I literally never watched a football game before I met Brian, but <laughs> my dad would watch football. And I was one of those people that would just say, you know, these players make so much money and they only work four months out of the year and they just play a game they love and go home. And that could not be further from the truth. It is so insane. So in that aspect, it's been a learning experience for me, just seeing, you know, how hard they work. And it's also been an inspiring experience for me because, you know, I watch my husband get up every day, super early. He's always the first one in there and the last one home and, you know, his body hurts and, you know, even if they lose, he comes home and just keeps at it, keeps grinding, you know, it's, so it's been inspiring in that aspect to just watch someone chase their dreams. So, so wholeheartedly, um, it makes me want to be a better person and just, uh, to work harder for the things I want. Um, so yeah, it's been great in that aspect. And also just all the women I've met along the way, it's, that's been inspiring to me too, because so many of these women, you know, were, I say it all the time, all the women you meet in the NFL, most of them, you would never cross their paths or be friends with them for any other reason in life, other than that your, your husbands or significant others work together. So that has been so amazing for me to just meet all of these women that I never would have had the chance to meet or talk to. And learning all their stories, you know, how people were raised, where they grew up, where they come from. And just, we all have this core thing in common that no one else understands. I think Jesse talked a little bit about it with you guys, just that, you know, we all relate so hard on the fact that our men play football and no one understands it other than us. So that's been amazing too. I have definitely made some lifelong friends through football um, that I will just cherish forever. And Jesse being one of them, Jesse Powell from last episode, she is truly one of my best friends. I can talk to her about motherhood, about football, about our crazy husbands, and she just gets it. So yeah, it's been great on so many levels. I just feel so lucky to be a part of this, even though it's crazy sometimes. And and rolling off of that, what, what would be one piece of advice that you would give to a lady just coming into the NFL or who hasn't really reached out to other women, maybe doesn't even have to be their first year, you know, some some women are in this for 
a couple of years until they realize, okay, it's, there are other people out there. Like you're not the only one dealing with this stuff. So one of my big pieces of advice is don't try to keep up with those around you, what they're doing, what they're buying, where they're living, what they're driving. Um, because I feel like when I first came into the league, especially in New York, there was a group of women that were older than myself in the league who had been in the league longer and their husbands had made a ton of money. And they were always dressed to the nines, Chanel, Gucci, Louis, everything, which is fine. I love myself a nice purse and a nice pair of shoes, but it was hard for me to not look at them and be like sitting there with my not designer bag and, you know, my, my shirt from forever 21. And I was like, like, I feel like I need to keep up with these people. So that would be my main piece of advice is do not think that you need to keep up with everything and do everything that everyone around you is doing. Um, because at the end of the day, whether you have a Chanel purse or not, you, your significant other is still in the NFL. He is still on a team with these guys. He is still on the same level. And so were you. So just don't, that was a big thing for me. I, I would feel like, you know, nervous sometimes about it, but looking back, it was so stupid. So don't worry about that. And then also Bryce, like you said, women who haven't reached out to other women yet, a major piece of advice would to be to for sure do it. Reach out to other wives on the team, other girlfriends, um, because it really does get lonely sometimes if you're not home or close to home and you're new to the team or you just haven't talked to anyone yet. The guys, their days are long, they're tired, they're exhausted, and you know your whole life in where you are during football season revolves around them. So just make your own, make your own life, if you will, make your own friends, make your own things. Um, just, yeah, get out there. Don't be shy. Talk to the wives and girlfriends. They've all been in your shoes at some point if you're feeling that way. So yeah, that's my main piece of advice. I think that's awesome. And I think that from us talking for this period of time, it seems like you have created your own life, like finding that through motherhood and Nash and talking about, like, I love, I love that we're able to talk to the woman and it be primarily about the woman, not like, oh, so how's Brian doing? Like, obviously we care, but also it's, it's nice to hear the other side. It's, it's not just about the men or the husband because of their occupation is so crazy. Like there is another side to it, you know, it's 50, 50. Yeah. That's a hard, a hard thing for sure. Um, because Everyone does want to talk about your significant other when they're in the NFL. It's, you know, all my dad's friends are always like, oh, you know, because they love football and that's so cool to them. And and I get it, but it's like, okay, well, we're our own person too. We have our own things. So yeah, just, just create your own life a little bit. It's hard to do. And I didn't do that for the first couple of years. And I found myself like resenting Brian when he needed time to himself because I'm like, I've been away from you all day. I've been alone all day. Like, what are you doing? Talk to me. So just create your own thing. You know, go out to lunch with the girls or COVID now. Go walk around a parking lot. <laughs> Whatever you got to do, just just make your own your own way a little bit so that you're not always waiting around for them and for their schedule, which is constantly ever-changing. So, yeah, just have your own have your own thing. Snaps. True with anything in life. Make your own yeah. way, people. It's a lot more fun this way. 
Exactly. Jenny, thanks so much for joining us today and sharing all your wisdom with us. As we move forward, we've been having our guests nominate the next guest. So from all of your experiences with NF Ladies, is there someone who comes to your mind who you would like to nominate to share their wisdom with us next? So yes, actually, there's two women that I can't pick between. So um, I'm going to say both of them. Uh, One of them is Miranda Ross. She is dating Quinnen Williams. He plays for the Jets. I got to know her a little bit when we were there and she is just the sweetest. Her and Quinnen's relationship is so sweet. They are truly like so in love with each other and she is such a badass. She has her own online boutique. She has her own businesses and she's just an independent lady. So I think she would be great. And then another is Ashley Bame. She and I got pretty close when she was with the Bills for a little bit here. I feel like I've known her my entire life and she's pregnant um, and she just had to pack up from Buffalo and move her husband back to Nashville where they live. She's just lived a crazy life and I think she would be great on here too. So yeah, those are two great women. All right. Well, ladies, you heard it here. Get ready. Jenny called you out. Thank you for listening to episode six of the NF Ladies podcast. We'll see you next week. If you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and give us five stars. Our music called Not Ready Yet is written, produced, and sung by my friend Kira Grove. Again, my name is Bryce Watts. And I'm Allison Anger. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.